Alrighty, hello and welcome to the Creedcast. Thank you for listening. As always, the same intro I have every time. Just thank you. I appreciate it. Um, as always, uh, tell your friends about it if you like it. If you don't like it, then thank you for listening anyway. Don't tell your friends, I guess, because then you're all just getting up on me. Um, but, you know, I assume you like it if you're listening, so do tell your friends about it, um, about this hack that pretends to know stuff about footy that talks about port. Um, so, going to do a little quick one here. Um, it's been another busy week here. i got a couple of um, simultaneous projects on the go. If you're a movie fan, look up the Pints and Popcorn podcast. It's something that a friend and I started in during COVID, and we're getting finally getting it started again now that we're uh, closer in time zones at the moment. Um, so that's been uh, taking up a fair bit of my week. I've been putting together a merch store for that, which I'm doing for this as well. That's just um, a little bit more down, a little bit more uh, still in the... Um, the beginning phases again to do that but uh yeah I've, I've ordered some sample i've ordered a sample of a port shirt that i put together that i'm excited about hopefully it turns out as good as i as a sample looks in the mock-ups online but um that's on its way to me so kind of once i have an idea of what the product looks like because it's going to be something that is direct fulfillment like so you order it and i don't even see it it comes from gets printed on demand and, and sent to you so i kind of i'm really like I know it's a good system as far as for me not having to outlay, you know, I, can't, I don't have tens of thousands of dollars to outlay on merch and room to store it and send it and all that. So it's a good way of having um, a little bit of a business without having too much um, overhead, so to speak. But uh, it is something I've been wary of uh, with just, um, you know, when you don't get to see, like, you know, I when I was sending stuff out when I was um, located in Australia, I was able to just have it there and I saw it. I didn't send anything out. Like occasionally a sticker pack would be, um, I feel the stickers would be a bit dodgy. I'd toss them out, you know, or I'd use them for myself. I wouldn't ever send that to a customer. So it's, it's something that I'm trying to make sure works uh, before I set it up and, and start it for people to be able to purchase from. I want to make sure that the quality, at least what I get in samples is good. Um, and then and obviously have have some protections in place for if you know if some a customer does get sent something and for some reason it didn't fail QC properly um, at the at the site then I have mechanisms in place to deal with that as well so it's all those little things that you have to look at when you're setting stuff like this up and that's taking up a lot of my time uh, from even just getting uh, myself prepared for podcasting and stuff like that so um, it's all stuff that once it's all set up it's going to be a lot easier and everything's going to be smooth and I'll have a lot more time again but it's just the, the setup process the design, design process as well you know I spend hours putting designs together and stuff like that so it's just time consuming it's fun I love doing it but it's time consuming and when you want to do the podcast and you just you keep running out of time to do it and I end up just doing it on the day of our game as I've done I think this is three weeks in a row now that I've done that so um just part of the uh fun of trying to do this kind of stuff but it is fun it's a hobby I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it so um yeah that's a rambling intro that's that's just normal I need to make a shirt that is just my face that says that's a rambling intro because that's what I do every week um anyway what have we got on the agenda today we're going to talk a little bit briefly about that um less than ideal result last week what the fuck was that is that what feeling a losing feels like that was weird it was weird to be back in that place uh, particularly um in a way that was quite humbling as well. It was a pretty pretty tough loss. Uh, we weren't at the races really all day at all. And, um, you know, it's it's rather three losses we've got this year on the agenda now are really rough ones. There's nothing that, you know, there's no honourable close loss that we feel like we had a really good game and just got pipped at the post or anything like that. They've been, they've, we've been very close to those, but we haven't had one yet. Um, just this year when we lose, we like like to lose in a way that makes us uh, look pretty, pretty average. Um 
which I guess that's the starting point. Um, it was interesting watching the the social media reactions to the game after the after it was done, or even during as well. Uh, as Port Adelaide were losing for a, you know we we started seeing the writing on the wall for that result probably towards the end you know pretty pretty early on. Um, there, we were in the game at different points, and we get ourselves back within you know even three quarter time we might have been within five six goals. And you, you talk yourself into it. It's particularly the Port's uh, propensity this year to have a good quarter where we can bang on eight, nine goals uh, with seeming ease. But Carlton never looked like a side that was going to allow that. Um, and particularly Port didn't ever look like they had that in them um, at all because we just we weren't even playing somewhat average. We were just playing pretty badly. And uh, and they had a measure in every every facet of the game. Also, the, the, the you know players that were missing, it was a large... One of the largest um, changes to a side I've seen in a long time. Some forced, some um, other other interesting decisions there, uh, and it kind of and I mean that's the probably the main point is that there's the you know if you change a side so much you lose a little bit of that, that um, consistency and 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 uh, fluidness in performance because you know you got different people in different places that aren't you you know you're not used to so. That's probably part of it. Um, the social media reaction was interesting. There was a good mix of people, you know, don't... And this is probably the, the true thing, is, like, don't get too worried about it. Um, it was a loss to a team that's on the up. Uh, there was a lot of changes, a lot of ins and outs. If we were at full strength, that probably doesn't happen, and that's that's true. It is still a worry that when we lose, um, when we drop a couple of players out and they come in to be that uncompetitive, I think, was... That was my worry. I was being quite sarcastic and cynical on the timeline as I'm uh as I usually do when things like this happen I deal with my sports anxiety through um bad jokes and 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 sarcasm so that's just me um and I think most people recognize that as well it was just a little bit of humor um and you know gallows humor so to speak uh but you know there's some people that were really um you know, some people were legitimately concerned with the result and thought it, you know, but doesn't bode well for the next couple of weeks, which uh, we'll find out tonight, I guess, which way we're going to go. But there is that. That is a legitimate concern too because, you know, you look at Carlton a few weeks ago and we were probably, you know, a few weeks back when Carlton were struggling, would have looked at this game and been like, all right, this is one we need to tick off and then get into the tough couple of weeks of Collingwood at home um, and then the showdown as well which, regardless of how the Crows are going, we know that that game, they're going to be up for that one. Um, and so, the, you know, we would have liked to have ticked this one off and got another win on the board and then gone into a couple of weeks where, you know, realistically, you hope to win both, but one-on-one one is probably a good way to get out of a tough couple of weeks. Um, you know, honestly, if I'm going to pick one, I'd pick, pick the showdown, but I'd like to win both. It might be nice to... At least be competitive against Collingwood. I'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, that, that was the concern from some people. Was like, well, if we're losing this one, and we're still, you know, we've got a lot of big big ins this week. But I wouldn't say we're at 100% by any means. Um, you know, Zach Butters seems to be carrying a bit of an issue. I think he's up for the game. Um, but when we look at that Carlton result, it's just it, and the the manner of losing was a little bit concerning as well. So. There was some responses to a lot of these people saying, "Oh, it's ridiculous how." Um, you know, we've just had a 13-game win streak. Can't you enjoy that? And can't you see that they've been playing so well? Um, and give them a break with this one. Well, no, I'd give them a break. with The 13-game win streak's great. But we've still got to look at it. Every week is a different week. And you've got to look at the performance in 
isolation and when you look at it without thinking about what's gone before um you go that was pretty rough so we're allowed to do that too you can't just you can't just tick off a performance as oh it's they've had and been doing so well for weeks um give them a break yeah i'm really impressed with where we're at we're still comfortably in the top four and hopefully but we've got a tough few weeks coming up um that could be um season defining if we drop a few in a row here we'll be right back in the mix um and you know from fourth through eighth um pretty quickly if uh, results go against us in the other ways as well so there is a lot there is things to be concerned about from that performance the fact that we haven't really been great since um probably since the buy you know we escaped in at um away at essendon which a good result um but we were it was a little bit up and down um the gold coast game i think was really just one legitimately fantastic quarter of football but that's it and then carlton there was no good footy really at all to speak of in that game so since the buy i, I can look at maybe having played one decent quarter of footy or one really great quarter of footy, uh, apart from that, being pretty um, a bit down on the standards. Um, and particularly, you know, as I've said already, uh, it seems like Zach Butters has been carrying a bit of something probably the last couple of weeks. And um, and there's a few other players that just are playing through things, like, you know, Dixon's playing through a knee that's going to bother him probably the rest of the year. Um, you know, Jason Horn Francis seems to just have, you know, he's still his body's still developing, um, and that's what people are going to realise when players like that go out with um, back grumbles and stuff like that. They're still actually finishing their development as a human being. <laughs> like he's young; he's only just turned twenty, I think, or maybe still not. I can't remember, but you know, these guys are still actually developing as human beings. So these things are going to happen. Um, that's why you get a lot of young. That's why the players like Boak and Pendlebury and Co. that look after their bodies as, as they get older actually stay more consistent because they've they've gotten used to their bodies. They've finished growing and they can now work with it um so i will take a lot out of how we respond tonight to the colton result um but i think both sides i guess to end this rambling point on the social media kind of response were correct yes we've got to give them credit for the win streak they've been on and not get too too worried about it but we are we are allowed to be critical of it and and call it what it was which is a pretty pretty um disappointing performance and something to be you've got to be you can't watch a game like that and not have some concerns now the, the level of concern is where it is, is you know it's, it's a low level of concern at the moment but there, there are things to keep an eye on in our performance and make sure that we don't drop away from what's got us to where we've where we've gotten um and it was really 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 poor in the sense that it just didn't look like the Port Adelaide side that we've seen for so many weeks and maybe there's tired legs who knows but um you know we've been praising them for sticking with games and and coming back in games and and having a real tough attitude and and never say die attitude and all those kind of things that they've been getting praised for so you know when when that doesn't work and when a team just basically shit stomps you um as england are doing to australia at the moment jesus christ what a turnaround in the ashes i spent all morning a little bit hungover today uh from recording the other podcast and uh I didn't. I didn't even put the cricket on. I was keeping an eye on the cricket, but I had laying in bed, feeling very sorry for myself, with the Manchester rain radar like just refreshing on my screen, and just occasionally through the, my fingers, like I'm at a horror movie, checking the scores on my phone. Just truly, truly in the weeds of a bad, bad morning for me this morning. Um, I had a little nap in, in between that time, and I'm feeling much better now. Though still a little bit dusty, um, but. Yeah, uh, when you get shit stomped like that, um, to the tune of, what, 50-something points, which we're... 
Alongside West Coast, uh, there are two teams in the competition that have average winning, average losing margins uh, of plus 50 points. It's West Coast and it's us <laughs> because our three losses have been, I know the uh, Crows one was, what, five, six goals, but you know the Collingwood one was significant and so was this one. So the average works out to above 50. Um, what it is exactly, I don't know, but you know. Those are the, those. Are, it's, a, it's a random thing. We've only lost three games, so it makes the average work. You know, move around fairly a, a lot when that's when you've only lost three, and that's good. But uh, it is okay to be concerned and have critiques about the game as well. And you can do it without being, you know, overly dramatic. And that's the that's really the key, I guess. Uh, but we there were concerns out of that game for me, and um, and it was quite disappointing to watch after watching a Port team show so much character for 13 weeks in a row. It doesn't take anything away from that win streak, but it does. It does put a dampener on it when you, if you're going to, lo- <laughs> if you're going to lose a win streak, it would be nice if we went out competitive, rather than just so uncompetitive as we did. And I think it was with the performance against Carlton. If you look at a lot of the stats, um, I mean, it's one of those classic port games we haven't had for a while that we actually slightly edged the inside fifties, but um, still come out with a loss. Uh, you know, the efficiency inside fifty was really where we struggled. We, we were getting, and this is why the inside fifty stat, while a key one in understanding games and you know something I've said a lot on this podcast is like you know, stats are nothing without context and, and understanding of you know having watched the game and we just our inside 50s were uh, uh, slapdash uh, really weren't to you know often were just you know in, into traffic and, and they just weren't great looks at uh, at um, at goal or, or, or at targets or anything like that um Tackles and you know our inside fifty pressure was still pretty good. Um, we were right on our average for the year with thirteen. Um, we, we, there was a lot of things that we were doing that are kind of what have made us get to where we just were really bad through the middle. Um, you know, guys like Butters was were struggling to get. No, I think Rosie still had a pretty good game. Dan Houston obviously had a great game uh, with his forty-one disposals and uh, got into the coaches' votes uh, with that performance and probably ends up with ten coaches' votes if we get the win. I probably deserved a few more, regardless of that. Um, but you know, it just was a game that was, you know, their their midfield just got on top, and and were giving, they were moving through the middle of the ground better. Um, their clearance game was, you know, our clearance game was re- reasonable considering we lost the hit out battle again. Um, but it was all pretty even. Uh, they won the contested ball by just plus two. Again, not too too different, but you know, the, probably the biggest discrepancy really is in turnovers. We had seventy one to their sixty four. And kind of just it was ball use. It was just things like little. It was just sloppy footy at times um, between you know, and that's in a game where you're playing a pretty good team that's um, at the at, you know playing really good footy. Those small margins are really uh, really become big margins when the, when the turnovers happen like that. So you know, disposal efficiency was um, they were two percent better, and efficiency inside fifty, uh, they're at fifty five, almost fifty six. They're at fifty five point nine. We were at forty five point two. So they were you know five and a half points above their average, sorry six and a half points, and we were uh, uh, six points below our average uh, for the year. So efficiency inside fifty really was a crucial factor there, and and their marks inside fifty as well. I've said a lot this year that we've often uh, been holding teams to. Um, you know, a pretty pretty low number, and we just really let likes of Kernel and Co get off the off the chain there in inside fifty. And it was going, and, you know, you got Jack Silvani having a fucking blinder, and and Jesse Motlop as well, who'd just come to the side. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of performances they were getting that were just, you know, just really they were they were, they were in a groove, and it, and what it was going to take from us was going to be going up a real a real big big step up in our play. Uh, to kind of negate that, and we just never found that kind of that gear in the in the middle in particular, and 
and then that that led to them getting some pretty easy opportunities going inside their forward 50. A lot of people are making uh, Tom Jonas a scapegoat, which I understand that. Um, he certainly just isn't at the level that we he used to be. He's not taking the marks he usually would. He's a step behind the play at times and is always playing catch-up, which makes it hard um, and battling in one-on-ones and stuff like that. But if our game through the middle had been better, it would have been negated a little bit. And uh, But, you know, it would be nice to see uh, Kennan back in the side this week, which I'm surprised to see him come back in so soon. Um, but, yeah, that'll be, that'll be handy um, for this side that... Just uh, doesn't seem to know how to win when uh, Jonas is in there, unfortunately, which which sucks. And like I said, I'm not going to... He didn't have the best game, obviously, but I'm not going to scapegoat him as much as others did because there's a lot more factors that go into a loss like that than just simply him being there versus someone else. So um, overall, pretty forgettable game, uh, pretty disappointing one. As I said earlier, one not to get too concerned about, but you're allowed to have concerns about as well. And, and a lot of those concerns will probably crystallize a little bit more or they'll either disappear if we have a good performance against Collingwood or they'll crystallize a little bit more if um if things look uh a bit disappointing again so a lot a lot will be found out about last week's result once we know how um, our game tonight against Collingwood is going to go Hoo-wee. All right, so we've got Collingwood at Adelaide Oval tonight. Uh, this is my second go at recording this part of the podcast, by the way, because I just housed a chili verde burrito in between talking about Carlton stuff and then getting to this. And I started talking and then just like the, the heat of the burrito and then <clears throat> some of the... Just the fact that I I don't deal well... Well, I, I deal decently with spicy food, but I am a white Australian, so it's just my body isn't hasn't been used to it. Um, but I do love it, but it does make me get a little, little, little bit of that, you know, that cough going, that spicy cough, not that spicy cough, not the bad one, just the literal definition of the spicy cough when you've eaten spicy food. So I started talking about this and then just went into a spluttering fit and had to delete that and start again. I'm still struggling. I shouldn't, I know that I shouldn't eat in between parts of recording a podcast, it's dumb. I'm aware of it. I've done it before, and it hasn't worked out well. And yet, I continue to do it. You know, that makes me an idiot, by the way. You know, stupid... You know, uh, repeating repeating history is, is the definition of, you know, stupid. So, um, that's that's my story today. Uh, this hangover is going well. Uh, anyway, we're playing Collingwood tonight. I don't know... I don't know what much else I have to say about this game. Handy ins for us. I hope the players that we're bringing in are fresh um you know mckenzie mckenzie's always come back from little like i feel like mckenzie's a little bit of a rubber man like the amount of times you get to knock um but then he's back sooner than expected i feel like that's happened before or maybe i'm just misremembering but he's a handy in if he's at his best because i don't he didn't play in the collingwood game earlier this year um And I think that's a different look for it. And obviously, our backline's been undefeated with McKenzie in the side, so that is handy to have. And I think he's, I think, as I've said a few times this year, I think him and Aaliyah's games just are complemented better by each other rather than any other mix of players that we have at the moment. It would have been interesting to see Cleary get a shot this year if he didn't get injured, um, if he'd found his form. I've always liked Tom Cleary, but he just hasn't been, he just, ever since he got his jaw smashed up, it just hasn't been a good journey for him. Um,. But the interesting one for us in selection, obviously, just running through them quickly, we've got... So it's Dixon, um, Evans, Francis Evans is in, uh, Horn Francis, McKenzie, and uh, Willie Rioli's back in after his uh, family trip last week, uh, which was uh, very, um, again, wonderful to 
read a little bit about that and kind of get an in, insight to the culture there with the story that was on the website again i encourage you to read that um obviously he's back to being uh, back to being referred to as willie rioli uh after the year of being uh, named junior in honor of his um father's passing so yeah, that's the ins, um, handy ins. Uh, Horn Francis back in. Hopefully he's because uh, he's been a bit quiet, um, and there's nothing to for the trolls. It's just like he's a young player, and sometimes the season um, can get a bit long for a player that's still getting used to the the rigors of the AFL season. It's a story as old as old as time uh, for the AFL. So all of the trolls out there that like to hunt his stats every week and just fuck off with that shit. Um, but it would be good to see. Hopefully he's. Um, Whatever complaint he had, just a bit of back soreness it was, it seemed to be after the Gold Coast game. Hopefully that's all good and he's ready to go because I think we missed him last week against Carlton. Like, I know he doesn't, he's not a big accumulator or anything yet, but he's a bit of a body in there and he's someone that certainly the, uh, the opposition has to be aware of. Um, so you take a player of his um, already great skill out of a side, it's, um, it's a boon for an opposition side. So um, Horn Francis in is just a good thing anyway. Um, Dixon obviously just provides so much to the structure of the forward line, and again, Trent McKenzie down back, and I think uh, Willie Rioli's actually been playing pretty some pretty good footy at times. Like he's been handy, he's, he's been a good goal sneak of late, um, so he's a he's a good one to have back in. Um, the ones that are out, obviously Darcy Byrne Jones out with concussion protocol, which is, is a, it's a miss. He's been a handy player this year since he's come back in and slightly been redeployed. Uh, Jace Burgoyne, Tom Jonas, Ollie Lord, Jackson Mead, and the the one that's been a bit a little bit of a Head scratcher for someone's social media. Uh, D- Dylan Williams has been omitted. I. This is the thing with, um, and obviously uh, Burton's Burton, who was last week's sub, is in the side uh, proper this week. Uh, the sub will be named of one of Dylan Williams, Holly Lord, Jace Burgoyne, or Hugh Jackson. Uh, I hope Hugh Jackson, when he does get a debut, it's a proper debut and not just off the subs bench. But I think Dylan Williams will be the sub. Speaking of Dylan Williams uh, being slightly dropped, uh, because if he's in the emergency, he's not fully dropped, but um, and I do believe he'll be the sub. Uh, I haven't seen if that's been named at all yet, but that's my, my my thinking would be he'd be the sub with his versatility being the fact he has played up forward as well at times and, <clears throat> and certainly showed his skill down back. But people have gotten a little bit head-scratchy about that one. He, I think he has been a touch quieter the last couple of weeks, and we haven't quite seen his impact as well. Um, that's nothing against him, I think. Certainly the Gold Coast game was just a bit of a weird one. Um, and last week was just, the ball was just heading, heading kind of, the game was going past his position a little bit last week, I think. Which isn't anything against him, but I think we've got to be a little bit, you know, it's funny. I thought it was really funny that, uh, you know, Dylan Williams, um, my cat's just jumped on the bed to say hi, so... Hopefully she doesn't start chewing on anything she shouldn't, which is usually cables. Um, the amount of cables I've got that just mysteriously end up with chew marks through them um, is just great, especially when you're trying to keep your podcasting gear together and, and working. Um, but yeah, Dil- I found it interesting that uh, D- Dylan Williams, his his inclusion in the side at the start of the year was met with a bunch of what the fuck, and now his omission has been met with a bunch of what the fuck, which is a credit to him and how he's responded to um, a great chance in the side and I think he's proven himself as a player for the future as as well as now he's going to have a fair bit to pl- say in the rest of this year I think as well it's just um when you go I mean when you look at the guys that we've got um in the side I mean who do you drop that's my, my question always is people people always go oh man it's it's ridiculous he's been dropped but they never offer up 
usually never offer up a, an alternative because are you taking Kane Farrell out of this side? Some people might, um, but I think Kane Farrell's boot and how he plays is pretty important. You're taking maybe Lockie Jones, but he, his size, he play, provides a bit more size and, and grunt down back, in particular with us being undersized as well. And he's been playing, I think he's been playing decent footy as well without being spectacular. He's been decent. And then Ryan Burton is one that people have been wondering why he gets dropped anyway. And it's just, it's, it's, we've got a, a bit of a selection squeeze at the club at the moment, which is a good problem to have. And sometimes a guy like Dylan Williams is going to end up on the subs bench for a week or two or whatever. You know, the, the fact that the likes of Ryan Burton have ended up, have gotten this treatment at times this year as well. Uh, it's, it's part of when you've got a good side uh, and you've got good players and a bit of depth. Obviously, last week tested our depth a bit too much, um, and that was more of a balancing, I think, as well. But, you know, these are, these are kind of the decisions the side's going to have to make, and sometimes a player you love that has been playing pretty pretty good footy, um, if they've just had a quiet week or two, they might just find themselves getting a rest for a week, and that's just the way it is. Um, so I wasn't as bent out of shape about the Dylan Williams drop. I thought it was just it's just a sign of the times at Port with the selection squeeze on a little bit with um, plenty of decent players um, hunting for spots. Alrighty, so Collingwood uh, also welcome back a couple of players who don't have quite as many coming back in, but it's also a pretty balanced side that they're they're rocking with at the moment. So, um, and there's a couple of pretty handy ins for them as well, uh, with Brody Mycheck and Darcy Cameron back into the side. Uh, I think their emergencies are Finley Finley McRae, Jack Univan, and Ash Johnson. Uh, so some pretty handy uh, emergencies there as well. Uh, Billy Frampton and Ash Johnson too. They go out of the side to make way for. My check and Cameron, so uh, we don't get to see old Billy this uh, this this week. But uh, uh, you know, who cares really? Um, Oleg Markov is there actually their sub as well, so they've already got that named in the side um, there. Uh, I'm sure ours it might ours might have been named, and I just haven't seen it yet. But um, going to be interesting to see what we do here because the big story this year is obviously, and it doesn't even need to be really said. It's it's the impact of uh, Nick Dacos uh, on this side has been um, incredible, and but beyond that, they've got some. You know, it's you know Scott Pendle Reece playing as good as ever. Um, you got Taylor Adams playing his 200th game. Um, this is a side that's just in humming, humming form. Only lost two games for the entire year. Uh, that's that's the other thing that comes into it from last week. Is it would have been nice going into this game with the chance to go top, because even if we win this one, we're not going top. We're not we're not <laughs> catching that percentage. So. Um, it was just that slight opportunity miss, but <clears throat> minor details. A win and being equal to equal top, just below on percentage, is going to be fine. Um, but I really it was just really interested to see what we do with Nick Dacos because it's often been the talk this year is why aren't teams tagging you more? And it's just like, well, you want to back your own game in, but you know his impact does need to be negated. Like you you see when he has a quieter game that. Um, Collingwood do fall back. Like, they're still a very good side, obviously. A lot of players that can pick up the slack a little bit. But he's kind of... He's just got that such... Having such an X-factor year. You know, you got to think the, the Brownlow medal with the fact that um, uh, uh, Butters has fallen off the last couple of weeks. you just got to think that Dacos has got one hand on that Brownlow medal already. Um, you know, just his impact and what he can do um, with his... Just in, in many different ways... It'll be interesting to see how we handle him. I know we trot, we had the tag on him early last time round, and then we kind of dropped that, and just it all just fell apart. And he had a great game, and and really, really had some highlights that are, are you know 
the kind of highlights that get played, you know, year after year when you if you have a good year and possibly around the medal winning year, it'll be some of those goals from that game will be into the highlights package. So um, I'm really interested to see what we do there. Defensively, you know, I I, I feel pretty good once we have Alier and um, Trent back in there and, and Cannon. Um, we haven't seen this at our best defense this year hasn't played this Collingwood team yet um, obviously at the start of the year the way it went so um, I'm I'm intrigued to see how that kind of goes sorry my cat's just scratching away at things and I'm kind of half distracted right now making sure she doesn't destroy anything my apologies I'm, ra- I'm going to be wrapping up here soon anyway but yeah it's their their ability to hurt you comes from them overwhelming you through the middle and just getting good ball inside and, and overwhelming the defense. I do believe, like you know, they've got a decent some decent tools down there. Obviously, Mason Cox is just a a bit of a freak of an athlete, um, well, not an athlete, just a freak size, and and it takes a pretty good mark overhead and and the likes of um, you know Dan McStay down there and 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 Mayacek. make it for a pretty handy forward line. Obviously, the smalls as well and the likes of Elliot McCurry getting around there. It's a tough forward line to match up against, but I have the confidence in our side when the rest of our game's going well that we can handle um, most forward lines pretty well after the, after the way we've handled some of the bigger forward lines this year. Just my worry comes from us getting the control of the midfield because that's where we lost it last week, and we allowed, allowed a lot of easy easy um, uh, easy kind of entries into the into our defensive fifty. And the same thing is what I worry about here as well. Uh, I do like the fact that we've got the guys coming back in, the likes of Jason Horn, Francis, and Co., to help strengthen that midfield a little bit and and maybe get just get the battle going a little bit more our way. Because and we need the likes of Ollie Wines and Co. to pick up a little bit as well. Um, and hopefully, if Butters can get back fine, if he is indeed fine, um, if he can have a bit more of a game like he, he's had against the likes of Geelong and Melbourne in the in the part like a month or two ago. That is what we need, is those guys stepping it up again. Because we really just saw last week, and even the last couple of weeks, a lot of these guys have just been slightly down in performance, and you really just see what happens to our midfield when those guys' levels drop. And when you're coming up against a midfield like this, we're going to need them at their absolute best. Um, obviously, Charlie Dixon into the forward line, um, I think, helps the structure a lot down there as well. We need to Again, this is all going to come down to the midfield, getting better use of the ball, and getting better entries inside our forward 50, because we got the, we, we were getting the ball into our forward 50 last week. It was just bouncing right back out, and usually, and we need to get better ball use going in there and, and, and make a bit more, have a bit more of an impact um, than, than we were having last week. So there's a lot to love about what our sides bring to the table, but it's going to need to be at its best. The stuff that we were seeing pre-buy um, from the likes of Butters. Wines was finding some pretty good form uh, pre-buy as well. Uh, and I think we just need a few of those guys just need to get back to back there a little bit. You know, even Horn Francis just get a bit more a hand on the ball, a bit more of an impact, and obviously find a way just to slow down Nick Dacos at least. You're not going to stop him, but you got to slow him down a little bit and not let him have free reign of the of the game. And we might be able to make it um, a bit bit more of a uh, a bit more of a battle that uh, we can win. And I do believe we can win. Um, I. Am obviously wary of this game. It's a top of the table clash. Collingwood are 
outright premiership favourite at the moment, and so they should be. They're playing really good footy, really exciting footy. Um, Fly's got them playing just a good brand of footy, and I don't like Collingwood still, um, but you got I do respect what they're doing as, as a football side, and uh, we're going to need to bring our very best uh, for the game. And you fans out there, the ones that are going down to the game tonight, um, you know, bring... Sorry, my cat was just about to jump onto the knock my Mountain Dew over. Um, which has been saving my life after that uh, chili verde burrito. Um, the fans got to bring your best as well as a sold-out clash. Our tickets are still available. I think there's a bit of interest in them now, so someone's going to snap them up, I'm sure. Um, but if you're still looking for tickets, um, just a $100 donation will get you both two tickets in Section 140 in like a great spot. Um, tickets are like $100 each there to buy on general sale, so essentially getting half price, and that $100 obviously is going to the Finlay, so like I, I just ask you to make a direct contribution to their GoFundMe, money doesn't even come to my hands, it's just direct to them, prove that you made the donation, and then I send the tickets on, so get in touch on Twitter or Instagram, whatever your preferred social media is, um, feel free to tweet at me or comment on a picture as well that you've messaged, because sometimes with the Instagram message filters or Twitter message filters, it goes to, you know, it goes to a spam box and you have to, I sometimes don't see it straight away, I try to check them regularly because that's where a lot of them do go if I'm, if we're not following each other or anything like that, um, so yeah, yeah, tickets are available, I think they will get snapped up, I think there's a couple of people circling them at the moment, they're just, they're trying to find out from, a, they've got the tickets, they're just find, trying to find out if a friend needs them, so that's kind of the situation at the moment, so yeah, but they're still available at this very moment, um, so get in touch. Uh, I'll tweet out when they actually do get snapped up. So if you see a tweet that they've been snapped up, unfortunately that means they have. But uh, if you're still looking, need tickets, uh, they are available at the moment of recording this podcast, which is just almost 6 a.m. I think if I'm doing my time conversion right. Uh, looking at my computer where it's just gone past quarter past one in the afternoon here in in the U.S. or on the West Coast. So anyway, that's about it. Um, fans, bring the heat. Sold out crowd. Make it. Make it the fortress, you know, make it tough and hostile on Collingwood. Um, that it certainly does go a ways to making the game uncomfortable on their terms. Um, home crowd advantage is an important thing. So, you, you know, utilize that uh, and make your voices heard and, you know, try to shake them off the game a little bit and help us get across the line. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, it's fun to be part of a top-of-the-table clash again. Uh, that's just that's what we're here for. Is um, Obviously, we want to win every game by 100 points and have an easy season and get a premiership very easily. But that's not the reality of it. Reality is you end up in big clashes like this, and it's, it is exciting. Um, and it's something to it's something to be excited about that we've put ourselves in this position late in the season to be in a top-of-the-table clash. Uh, a very important one. It would be great to get the win and, and kind of stabilize after last week's little bit of uh, a rocky, rocky trip. Um and be going into the showdown with a, a win under our belts would be great. So that's about it. Enjoy the game. Um, I'll be back with you next week uh, and hopefully a little bit more organized as well. All right, count the pair. <laughs>